Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey guys, welcome back to the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast, episode 172. Um, Question for you. Go for it. Do you like football now again? I honestly, <laughs> I'm die hard fan. I, wow, I'm, this is really interesting. So, so I was very lucky. So last week I went to to the United Barcelona match at Old Trafford mm-hmm. where we won two one. Atmosphere was genuinely electric. It was ridiculous. Sunday, dead excited. I woke kind of potting around the house on Saturday afternoon. Like, I had a bit of a spring in my step. Do you know what I mean? I had a bit of a long weekend. I had Friday off. I spent time with the kids while they're off on half term. Um, Sunday, um, I, well, potting around, I said to Claire, my wife, what are we doing tomorrow afternoon? Like, you know, United are on. And she went, we're going to a show. I went, what? She went, we've had this show booked in for months. We're going to Lion King with the kids. Oh. I'm like, you are joking. I'm like, what time does it start? She went half two. I said, what time does it finish? She went, I've got no idea. And she was a bit annoyed with me, granted, because a bit like probably you and many people listening, she's known me now for a long time, okay? 15 <laughs> yeah. years. She's never known me to be one of those football no. fellas. You, you've never known before, like, what colour Man United play in. You thought they were the yellow team for a long time, didn't you? <laughs> I thought Canton are still played for us. Um, no, for me, honestly, I don't know what it is at the moment. And, I, and without question, hold up my hands up. I'm, I am a United fan, but I'm definitely a glory United fan. Yes. I am. I think, yeah, no, that's true. But I think, it's it, it, to be fair... I'm a Liverpool fan, so we're arch rivals. We're always fighting about this, aren't we? Scuffling after the podcast. Oh. You have me in a headlock. <laughs> <laughs> like that scene from Step Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm the same. Liverpool this year aren't doing very well. And again, I'll hold my hands up also. You, you do lose a bit of interest, or I do anyway. I'm never, but, but equally, I think I'm a good level of football fan. I think you're probably similar. Where when they win and they're playing well, I'm, yeah, I'm happy. When they don't play well, I'm not like, it doesn't ruin my weekend. No. You know what, though? I'll give props to proper diehard fans. Certainly if you support a team that don't pick up loads of trophies. Yes. Because to go home, away, spend most of your weekends following a football team, takes dedication, dedication it does doesn't indeed. it? It's almost like, Every time going out, playing around a golf and not even getting close to your ability, but going in week in, week out. Sounds like you. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> so yeah, so I, I got chance to watch the second half, and obviously the. Oh, you didn't watch the first half. I was at Lion King. Oh, I didn't put that on your Instagram story when you were dancing around celebrating. Well, yeah. Um, Never mind. And at the moment, my my daughters are doing my nutting because one of them claims to be a Liverpool fan. Nice. One of them claims to be a Bolton fan. Oh, fair dues. So. Yeah, but I like that. And I asked, I asked my little boy, he says, I support Lightning. lightning. Like, who the hell are Lightning? That's a new Live team. <laughs> That's a new Live soccer franchise. <laughs> but anyway, this is a golf podcast, but we do venture into other sports occasionally. We, do. um, we don't know a lot about other sports. We don't know great about golf, but we try our best. Uh, there was also last night in the world of YouTube. I'm sure a lot of people listening to this and, and watching this might pretend that they don't care, but they do deep down. Jake Paul and Tommy Fury fought. And I watched it. I paid for it. I'll hold my hands up. I was all holding their hands up today, but I'll hold my hands up. I paid £20 sterling to watch Jake Paul and Tommy Fury because I am a sucker for the hype. That's one thing that I'll... I'm not the biggest boxing fan, but I'm again, I'm a casual. I'm a born hardcore casual, if that makes sense. And I must admit, I pay for a lot of these big fights because the weeks and the, and the days before it, I get absolutely suckered in by all the YouTube clips and the little interviews they're doing and how you get two guys... Or girls, like obviously women's boxing is becoming huge now. And they're both so adamant they're going to win. And it's like, one of you's got to lose. And I yeah. almost can't comprehend it. If golf could get something like that, imagine how, like, if you had Tiger and John Rahm against each other going, no, I'm going to win. No, I'm going to win. No, you're not. I'm going to ruin your career. Well, it, it wouldn't work, but it would be exciting. It probably brings us on to a very important topic. And if we think about the, the things that we've just got excited for there this weekend, the football, the boxing, you, it's the hype, it's the build-up, and sometimes the performance can be underwhelming, yeah, can't it? Yeah, the boxing was, to be fair. But but the hype and the excitement and the interviews in the build-up, and I think in golf, the only time you're ever really getting that is for the Masters and the Open, mm -hmm. and the Ryder Cup. Yeah. You, can, you could throw that in there as well. I think, going back to our habits of humans watching watching sport and watching a lot of this entertainment, which is effectively what it is. It is the hype. Mm -hmm. At the moment, there are two tours or three tours, four tours, however many tours you can think of in the golfing world. Genuinely, but this weekend, I, I honestly, and I probably should have watched more. I wasn't bothered about watching any, and, wow. I, and I hardly watched any golf this weekend. Why weren't you bothered? It just doesn't seem to excite me at the moment in certain spells so last week i was saying how amazing the product is and it is when it's the right people at the right tour event mm -hmm. i'm like so into it when i'm watching john Rahm and rory McIlroy and scotty scheffler battling it out and they're playing some of the best golf they can possibly play i'm so into it i really am and when it's at a really cool venue or when tiger's obviously thrown into the mix yeah. i love all that at the moment and we've spoke about this loads on the podcast. This week was the first um, tournament for Live in 2023. Yes. It was in Mexico. And I said something stupid last week. It's a golf course that I've never heard of. Well, I didn't realize it was that golf course where they do the PJ Tour. Where it's got a massive cave bunker. Hold my hands up. I didn't know that. <laughs> That's the fourth hold of hands up. <laughs> why didn't I watch any? Why, why did I not? Why was I not engrossed by it? I can tell you why. Because, and it, this, so this is, well, before we come on to the, on why that is, there's been, I've seen a little a few speculation, like almost videos around our videos, and some people saying how you're anti-live and we're anti-live, and it's, the good thing is, we're in a spotlight when you do a club review, where we are completely impartial, so 
if you next week decided actually you love living with the biggest fan, that's okay. Or if you decide that the PJ tour, no, that's that's the best tour. That's okay. Same that when you're reviewing a golf club or a golf ball, you're allowed to form an opinion. And I think on live, my take on it is the fact that they have got some really good players. When you look at the list of the, of the leaderboard, you've got Charles Howell, um, Peter Uline, Brandon Grace, Paul Casey, Cameron Smith. Um, you know, looking at some of these names going right down, you've got real big, big, big names on there. But ultimately, it doesn't feel like it means anything when they win. No. So when you're talking then about the football, the reason you, you were so excited about that football wasn't the fact that Man U were playing Newcastle United, because that's a fairly exciting game, nothing, you know, but it's the fact that one of those teams, better the boxing, is going to walk away with the silverware. And one of them are going to be sat on the pitch in tears. Yep. And that's football. That's fo- that's the fine. That's football finals for you. Um, same and like I say, with boxing, you've got one who's lifting the belt and somebody who's and, and, but not. Even, but even then, I mean, there was, there was actually a belt for this fight, but it was a, a Mickey Mouse one. But even then, for, for me... It's Mickey Mouse. <laughs> yeah, Michael Mouse. But, but for that, it was more the fact that they're so arrogant and cocky, which you have to be to be a boxer and confident. One's going to lose, and you can't. But the way they're talking so passionately into is you can't believe it. So ultimately, there's something on the line, whether it be silverware or whether it be ego. Like when you're looking at live golf, yeah, there's millions of dollars on the line, and there's some made-up team format on the line. But for me personally, and people watching sometimes get upset about this. If you love live, that's fine. If you enjoy it, you're allowed to enjoy it. We're allowed to have other thoughts on it. There's no bias. It's just what we like or don't like. But. It mean like does it does it mean that Charles Howells won that event? No, I, I must admit, and again, I live in the golf space. I can open up my phone and I'll go on Instagram and I'll be I'll, I can pretty much find out the results straight away. I had to even do quite a bit of digging to find out who actually won. Well, so that it wasn't yeah. it wasn't super obvious. I know they've brought this app out now, which I have downloaded. Um, I, I did also feel a little bit, I don't know, a bit a bit disheartened the fact it wasn't as easy to watch as it was last year well yeah so last year it was on youtube straight away now you have to download the app which is free to be fair so once you've downloaded the app it is actually very easy to watch you just need to click on live and then it starts playing but yeah it, it did feel like an extra barrier even though it's it's not and then weirdly the app is called live golf plus and when you search for it, it doesn't actually come up until about the 12th app down weirdly which, which shouldn't make sense but that was how i found it, it might have gone up the rankings as obviously it's getting downloaded more um but yeah, I mean, you you watch it, and I've heard rumours that is it um, a couple of players are, are almost regretting moving over there, which I don't, don't know if that's true or not. They are just literally rumours. But the players, obviously, they're playing um, supposed to be less golf. I've also heard again on Twitter, and I don't know how true all these things are, but they actually really are tied in. They have to play fourteen events a year, which they cannot miss. Then obviously, they want to be playing the four majors. That's eighteen events a year. One of the big reasons they all claimed to go over was less golf. They're actually going to be playing arguably as much golf, if not maybe more golf potentially. So, it, yeah, I don't know. I don't I, want I to. Wonder, be... I wonder. I know there's lots of rumours about kind of Brooks Kepka seems to be the, the mm. name that keeps getting thrown around that he's not particularly enjoying it. And there's no fact to this. This is just what's been rumours. I'm pretty sure the PGA Tour would take at least the first player back like that. You think? A million percent. Because imagine like the. The, the PR piece on that, mm. a live player has gone back to the PJ Tour. I mean, that is, for, for the PJ Tour, they're like, yes. Under, would the live player have to give all the money back and just be like, right, there you go, there's 100%. The... The, the, surely. They might not be able to. There might mm. literally be a clause that says you cannot leave it, and, and then I don't know what they do. But, but yeah, I don't... For me, and again, I'm sure lots of comments and people, oh, buddy, oh, it's all about... P-. It's not about PJ Tour. It's not about live for me. For me, I, I like 
elements of both products. For me, as a fan, as a golf fan, I just want to watch the best products. Yeah. And it's not always available week in, week out. Yeah. It's just not. And, and as much as you can try and build up the hype, uh, for me, I'm, I'm still not connected to a team. You know, I know no. we spoke about it last week on the podcast about that kind of bizarre advert uh, with the little girl asking Phil Mickelson, who should I support? I look at the teams and, I, and I've got, I've got, you know, people are liking those in live, like uh, Sam Horsfield, who we've had on the show. Mm-hmm. Like, I could, you know, he, I think he plays for the Majestics and Westwood. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I've had Westwood on the show yeah. before, but I'm not, I don't know. I, I don't seem to want to connect myself to a team. I'd say I'm a similar boat, but. Kind of in playing devil's advocate, I can almost understand how people would. If you have got, or if your favorite player was a DJ, and you just he is for whatever reason DJ's favorite player, you're probably going to gravitate towards him. Or if there's two or three guys in one team who are all kind of in your, you're the guy that usually might bet on or you like whatever, then maybe you would. But yeah, it, it does feel like because it, it's quite strange that like you said before, with your children and football. You typically with football, you you grow up supporting who your parents kind of tell you to support or where you live. Or there's, there's a reason why you support that team, isn't there? And you almost don't even know that reason often. Well, I, I even asked the girls, I said, why are you sporting Liverpool and football? And both times it was because of friends at school. Yeah, but but there's a reason, isn't there, why? Whereas I like, think about these new teams have been just made up from nowhere. It's quite strange just to support a team. However, you know, on that, you might have a bloke or a woman or whatever who's in their 40s, 30s, whatever, who's watching it with the young child who's five or six. And they might say, oh, let's support Majestics. And that child now is going to grow up supporting Majestics. It's it's quite strange to see something start from the beginning because yeah. I didn't see the Premier League. Well, the Premier League form when I was like two, I think. But I didn't see the Football League form, however many hundreds of years ago ever it was. And we didn't see the PGA Tour form. That was well before our time. Or so Ryder Cup. Yeah, to actually see something start from the beginning. Like did the, the Ryder Cup, and I'm, and I'm pretty sure it didn't, it wouldn't have had as much a strong connection with people when it first started. Yeah, I don't know. It's like, hard. I can't imagine people really supporting. These things grow off the history, don't they? So yeah, if you ever watch the promotional stuff for, for the Ryder Cup or for the Open, the biggest thing they leverage is the history. You see the black and white images, you see the people lifting the claret jug or the Ryder Cup, whatever. And that all builds into the narrative and to the story. Without that narrative or story, it's all fresh. So it's, I do feel like we are a bit harsh on Liv in some regard because it's new. Like in four or five years' time, it might have built a bit more legacy, a bit more story. It's hard right now, but all we could speak about is our personal kind of tastes and what we like. And, and I'm just not really a huge fan. I did try I think, over the weekend to watch it a number of times and kind of found myself watching a bit and then kind of just dipping off. And I, I think the other thing as well, like everything we've spoke about right there, not once have we actually talked about the golf. No. Do you know, and, and with any other event, it'd be like, did you see that shot that John Rahm hit? And did you see this? And did you, did you, we actually end up not with live. It's almost like everything but the golf. Yeah. Really. Um, yeah. I'm, you know, I, I want, I feel like it should succeed. It's got all the ingredients, but the moment it's just not quite, Ticking every box. It's very interesting reason. in two years' time. Exactly. Where it's at. And I might, I might be sat here going, "Bloody hell! I can't believe I used to ever say that." Well, I'm not particularly bad mouthing it, but I'm not exactly like engrossed in it just yet. It might be a live break seventy five tour. Could be. <laughs> <laughs> okay, have a Rickshaw's team. Yeah. See, would people support that? Mm, potentially. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for, your, thanks for your encouragement. Speaking of Break 75, though, on Friday um, was we've had a couple of contenders for the best Break 75 video ever in terms of just the whole vibe. Not not so much what you scored, but just the vibe. I think you and Iona at um, Crail was a contender for that. 
and arguably the new number one heavyweight contender is you, Ryan Ruffles, Isleworth. Went live on Friday. It's doing very, very well. Thank you so much. Everyone's watched it and left feedback and enjoyed it. The viewing figures it's had like, what's had 550,000 views, yeah. over half a million views in a couple of days. Um, and these videos are long as well. So it's great to see people are enjoying the kind of longer form videos. But then there was a, it was, the, if that was a, a cake, that video, <laughs> it's fine. it had every ingredient necessary. So it okay. had good golf. Yep. It had Ryan. The good golf. The good from golfer. Ryan. It had an amazing <laughs> golf course. It had amazing, um, like, sun. I think that's a big thing. It had great scenery. It had great videography. It had great editing. It had a um, great presenter. Thanks. That's, that was your role in it. <laughs> no, it was It was really, really good. What do you think? Genuinely, it, it probably took me a while to, to appreciate how much I loved Isleworth. Like, mm. when we're in America in January, I had a, a number of amazing golf courses lined up, and we've kind of teased a lot of them in this podcast. So Isleworth... Uh, Bay Hill, which is out next week, and obviously um, Sawgrass as well. And it would have been quite easy in those three courses for Isleworth to almost get lost a bit. Yeah. You know, it, it, the more I thought about it, and even when I watched the video back, it was the, the quality of the golf course was just outstanding. It did look really like good. Like the first tee, how the stripes on that first tee were just epic. Um, Ryan was really, really good. I've kind of really starting to be looking truth be told i didn't know a great deal about right i'd heard of him to be honest i didn't know because he was a nike player i think he's yeah. got a method putter yeah um, he has yeah he, he said he'd never swap that out he, asked, he said he even asked me because i think i've got a spare one I've of those got one at home and he, he said if i ever need one i'll i'll pinch it off you because i love this putter um and his sister is a really good player as well right. gabby gabby ruffles she's also a nike athlete and wow. kind of didn't know that um she's doing really well and when I, I contacted Isleworth, and um, to be far, to be fair, actually, this is a bit, bit of a weird flex, but I don't mean it to be. It was actually a connection through Tommy Fleetwood, which was very nice. And, Huge uh, flex. And we went and played, and I genuinely didn't realise I was going to be playing with anyone on that day because originally, because obviously you couldn't make it over because you just had a little baby. Correct. Um, I'd then asked friend of the show, Iona, because I knew she was in America, but she couldn't continue her trip in America to join us. So that day I was a bit like, I'm a bit of a loose end, who am I going to play with? I actually put something out on social media saying, is anyone in the area to play around the golf with? And, you know, I was hoping that, you know, a big name tour pro or a fan of the channel would... would... Tiger, this is what you were hoping for. Tiger was <laughs> driving down the highway. And Charlie's on his phone scrolling on Instagram. He's never off his bloody phone, is he, Charlie? He goes, hey, Dad, Rick Shields is here at Isleworth. He's like, okay, son, let's come do it. And next day, he's turned up. So that's what I was fishing for. Didn't However, happen. I actually got a response by Ryan said, oh, I'm with you today. I'm playing with you. I was like, oh, amazing. So Isleworth had actually set it up because oh, wow. he, he plays there. Um, and they wanted someone to chaperone me around yes. to make sure I didn't get lost or do anything naughty. Filling those huge divots <laughs> on the green. Um, but yeah, uh, listen, I know a lot of people and I just want to clear up any real rumours right now. Me and Ryan aren't twins. No. As, as much I as... Be, I think people thought you, you're his dad's nice twin. You deluded, Rick. As much as I got a lot of comments and messages saying, wow, you guys, are you guys twins? Is that your Australian twin? You look more like his weird uncle. <laughs> Ryan's really cool. I'll get his unclosed follows. Like, Ryan, how old is Ryan? He's like 26 so or something. No, I think he's even younger than that. Oh, is he? he, he might, well, I don't know. I'll have to have a look. But he, he like goes to these cool parties. And everyone's like, hey, Ryan. Now that Ryan's that freshman who's really good at golf. with the golf team. 
And then you turn up as weird uncle, always <laughs> there. Oh, yeah, he's 24. Um, and how old are you? Older than you're 24. Not, you're not twins, yeah. He's weird uncle. <laughs> I, said to Claire, I said to Claire, my wife, I said, oh, I played with a, a young Australian lad the other day. She went, I know, I saw him on Instagram. I went, oh, right, did you? Followed <laughs> him. I said, uh, <laughs> I said, a lot of people are saying with brothers, and she kind of looked at me and went, no, I don't nah. see it. <laughs> Thanks, love. Uh, no, but Ryan was awesome. A lot of people fancy a Ryan versus James Robinson match. Third who's. I think, no respect to James Robinson, it's going one way, though. I, I think so. Ryan. The, it's almost like we've found, like, an American-slash-Australian version of James Robinson. Yes. Um, but we're hoping J- Ryan does really, really well. He was class on the video. Next week, Friday, not even that, next week, this next week, week, Friday possibly the hardest golf course I've ever played in my life. Wow. Where the actual PJ Tour are playing this week. Wow. Bay Hill. Wow. Arnold Palmer's golf course. Mr. Palmer's golf course. On the outset, beautiful. Yeah. Stunning. But it's bloody a nasty beast. <laughs> a nasty beast. I played it off the back tee, 7,700 yards. I played with Mr. Palmer's son-in-law. Nice. Which was really amazing experience as well, hearing some of the stories. They treated us amazingly well, really did. Me and the full team treated us really, really well. And it was bloody hard. If you, honestly, guy, if you miss the fairway, you cannot, I think I might have said this in the podcast, you can't hit anything less lofted than an eight iron. No fun. So literally, you're like chipping out and the greens were just This has got, fast, I actually don't know what you shot. Hard. Difficult. This has got break 95 and all over. I don't know. I don't know. I might have lost count. I think I just stopped counting. It's just a vibe anyway. No just, one's... I'll give you a little indication. I don't break 75. Oh. Sorry to spoil it for everybody listening. Another news burst <laughs> in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> uh, quick note on, on Mr. Palmer. Is one of your goals in golf to get to the point where you're known as Mr. Shields? Would that be really like... I think so. What age have to be to be a Mr.? Like, you're not... For example, you're not saying... If you met Tiger Woods, it's not Mr. Woods. It's still, I think it's still Tiger, let's be honest. Mr. Nicholas, hold our hands up. Again. Yep. Why are we holding our hands up, by the way? <laughs> Mr. Palmer. Mr. Palmer. Mr. Player. Mr. Player. I don't um, think even it's Mr. Fowler, because you throw in the Sir Nick in, I, I, I did do a Mr. Watson yep, when Mr. I met him, and Feel he corrected that. me. He said Thomas. I said, T-dub. Just call me Tom. The original T-dub. Um, so what we're, we're going to be looking at 70 years old. So yeah. Are you going to be in the industry? Have you got to be a granddad? Yeah, I like that. I feel like a that granddad. Works. Yeah, and then you can be called Mister. If you done really, really well, and you're a granddad, Mister. Where would Mister Shields reside? St Andrews <sighs> or America? Would you sell your soul and move over there? I'd sell my soul. I'd, I'd comfortably so. move to America. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not selling my soul about. <laughs> no, I, I, I see you in. Um, you could be like the modern day old Tom Morris. Yeah, you could live above the old Tom Morris shop, the open shop as it is. Sounds now. good to me. I could definitely see myself living in the future in St. Andrews. Smoking a pipe. In like a, some sort of nursing home when I'm there putting on old videos. VHS. Hey, hey, go and check out this. <laughs> go and check out this Isleworth video I did. Mr. Shields, I've seen that legal driver six times. It's no funny the look, first six times. Look, they used to say I look like Ryan. <laughs> Can you see it? <laughs> that was literally you that used to say you look like Ryan. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I could definitely see myself living the rest of my life in the future as Mr. Shields in St. Andrews. Nice. 
that rocking day. up on a Saturday morning. A little Sunday bag. A little Saturday. Sunday bag. Like just a little pipe and a little driver, 150 yards. Yeah. And like I tell, think that'll do your game better. It would. Just a little like a little poker. Just pokes it down there. I'm just going right like if I played that way and just managed to like get round in 74 every time. I think if you had a driver that <clears> you just thin it along the floor, bullets it for like 180. You've got like a little little weird seven wood. That's like that old graphite on the shaft coming off a bit, but you just like it, a thin grip that's warm, but you just like it, just don't change it. And then you have like a seven iron pitching wedge, a chipper. A million percent. And you've got a bull, do you remember the type of bullseye putters, like a, like a mini golf one that you can use both sides? Because you've got this weird thing where you put with your left hand, left-handed sometimes. It's when it's quirk. a left to right. Yeah, weird quirk. I'll tell you what, can I have you a bet? A yeah. future bet. <laughs> okay. Oh, like a, if I win, you delete your YouTube channel. Not so much a bet. <laughs> oh, it's going to be a long way down the line. Not a bet, but a challenge. Go on then. Okay. Who can live I the longest? I challenge you, <laughs> the first player to beat their age. Oh, wow. Fucking heck. So the first player to <laughs> shoot less than their age. Well, that's going to be a long time away. <laughs> well, you can, your best score is 81. So you've got <laughs> <laughs> But imagine being able to do that. That'd be, people can. It's impressive. Yeah, that, that'll be, I think as a longevity piece, why do you want to continue to improve in at golf? Well, one day I want to beat my age. What's the ideal age to beat your age? I've got a number in my head, I think is the ideal age. Like the, the, the real... I'd probably say 80. No, I think 67. All right, okay. Do not think something that 67 could shoot 67? Well, you have to beat it. All right, then the 68 and shoot 67. Yeah, that's pretty good. Because I feel like if you're 80, to shoot 79 is unbelievably impressive. Now, if you're 68... Shooting 67 is still very, very impressive. But I can imagine you're off scratch and you just plod it along and one day you shoot a three, four, five. Everything park, goes in. Everything goes in. If you, but I haven't said that, what if you were a fresh 90 to shoot 89? I don't know. <laughs> I need to get a fresh 90 year old. Every, every that decade, every decade you've got to beat your age. Yeah. For starting from 70. That should be a really good video. Get a 70, good, really good 70 year old, 80 year old, 90 year old and see so you can beat their age do it let's do it if you are a 70 80 90 or 100 year old <laughs> contact the show and we'll get you on um speaking of scores there's a guy on twitter that we've talked about before kind of off camera called lou stagner and he um he's kind of his name on twitter is lou stagner and brackets golf stat pro so that gives you an insight into what he does a lot of people listening or watching will maybe have seen his tweets a lot of them go quite big because i think he uses our cost and he really dives through stats and he brings them to twitter in kind of really simple form and they are eye-opening and I think I have found the secret to getting better at golf for our listeners. Now, I already kind of I already kind of knew this, but... Let, I, me get, I, let me get my notepad out, because I could do with this as well. To get better at golf, you don't need to improve your good stuff. What? You need to stop the severely bad stuff, right? Let okay. me show you this stat. You ready for this? It's mind-blowing. Yep. Scratch players, scratch handicap golfers average 1.8 more birdies per round compared to an 18 handicapper let that sink in scratch players are 18 shots better obviously but they only average 1.8 birdies more per round the secret to lower scores is not more birdies millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. 
Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. It's less bogeys. Less bogeys and less nonsense. <laughs> Is that what it says? <laughs> well, think about that. So I've read that a few times. At first I was like, wow. And then the more I thought about it, it amazed me. You've got, you've got an 18 handicapper on the first tee and you've got a scratch golfer. You, I don't know the stats on this. It'd be good to have the actual insight. But I reckon on average, an 18 handicapper probably gets zero or one birdies around. I don't know the av- answer. But let's even say they get one. They make a two on the second hole, whatever. That then means that the, the scratch handicapper has to get 2.8 birdies per round. Well, that, that's not surprising. But there's 18 strokes difference. So it, it's clear to see that where the 18 handicapper is is messing up is obviously the, the bogeys and, st- and the double bogeys. That's how you get better at golf. Well... Yeah, when it's broken down like that, and Lou's brilliant on Twitter, he, he did some stuff, really interesting stuff around the um, when the event was at Scottsdale recently, the seventh, sixteenth hole, the par three, and it showed like where an eighteen handicapper would hit it, mm-hmm. and like so many of them would be in the stands yeah. and everything. It's mad, but with that, it would make total sense. I can imagine a scratch handicapper having two birdies, mm-hmm. two bogeys, and, and, and fourteen pars. Yeah. They could do that. Like, that is what scratch golfers do re- on the regular basis. Where it wouldn't again, it wouldn't surprise. Or oh, they might have three birdies, three bogeys. An eighteen handicapper, like you said, can easily pick up a birdie. They might birdie the the easiest hole on the golf course. They've a great drive, fumble it up to six feet, and knock mm-hmm. it in. But you're right. The, the chances then they're going to follow it up with a double. 
Well, that's a bogey, you know, five in a row, six in a row. 100%. On the flip side, it's kind of similar thing. You can also imagine, I know it doesn't always happen like this, but a scratch golfer could literally go out and shoot 18 pars and go, oh yeah, I shot level today. I actually got 18 pars. I mean, it's not going to happen very often, but it could happen. But equally, you very rarely would imagine an 18 handicap to get 18 bogeys. Because the argument, if you're if you're an 18 handicapper, you can make pars and you will make pars every round. You might make half a dozen, you might make whatever. But you're also going to make big mistakes. And even I do, you know, I'm better than that handicap. But I go out and make a load of pars and have a triple or go out of bounds or whatever. So it's like, if you can eradicate those real high numbers, you don't need loads of birdies. You just need to stop the high numbers. So what, what's his uh, what's his pre- prescription? Make less doubles. Okay. <laughs> The thing is that that is it, that's the fact of it, but the actual the actual it's easy to make a double bogey. It is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, we got it. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not. It's, it takes one bad shot to get a double bogey out of bounds, and then you got to actually par your next ball. So double double bogey with an out of bounds actually good, really, because you've parred it essentially. I think the 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 slightly easier skill is like say turning a handful of bogeys into pars yes because again that's where great players even if they hit a bad tee shot they'll hit a good second shot up near the green and get up and down or they'll they'll hit the green in two and they might not they won't three put they'll two put mm. more often than they'll three put um you know even when they've got into trouble they might play the way out rather than going for the hero shot and getting it back into position and getting on the green and two putting I feel like making pars, when you really, really think about it and break it down, it's just making sure you don't hit any of those really, really horrendous shots. Well, that's the thing. And with golf, there's levels to the game, as we know. So like when you play with a Ryan Ruffles or you play with someone even better than that or whatever, they will wow you with the ball striking ability. That's just a fact. They will hit golf shots that you and I just can't hit or, you know, it might take us a hundred goes to do, to do it once or whatever. They will be very, very sharp around the green and they will impress you. That's just a fact. I found when I've had a scratch handicappers at like kind of club level who are very good at a local golf club level, but once you kind of move out of that, aren't really amazing, but they're still very good at club level. They actually often don't massively wire. There's a guy at my club, and I won't, I won't name him on here, but he was a good guy, really, really lovely guy. And he was a scratch golfer, and I played with him several times, different years in the club championship, and every year he beat me. And I was, this was when I was like my prime of like four handicap at 17, 16, and golf was my life, and I was quite a good ball striker, and I was quite long and all this stuff, well longer than this guy in question. And every year he beat me, and, and most years he won club championship. And he'd almost hit it off the tee, a bit thin, but like kind of straight. He'd hit iron shots of the greens that very rarely wowed you, but just hit the green like maybe 40 foot away. He'd then roll up a 40 footer to inside the dustbin lid cliche and then knock it in. And just he'd just kind of do that all the way around. And he used to almost not annoy me because it was one of the big things but it was almost a little bit annoying that like I was felt like I was hitting it better than him I was better out of bunkers than him I'd, I'd do more kind of shots that looked better but he just got the ball around and that's the thing at club level you want to be a decent club golfer it's not about being incredibly talented is it it's just about not making ridiculous mistakes that person would have been hard to beat a match very play. hard to beat because words you, you've got to be birding holes to beat him and as soon as you make a mistake, he's going to win the whole back anyway. 100%. And that's that's the thing. It's like, but my golf's in a terrible place. I've been to the range a few times recently and I'm really, really, really struggling. I don't know why. I've lost a lot of confidence as well. Oh, no. Yeah, it's a bit good about it. But anyway, um, don't worry about me. Do you to talk about it? Yes. No. <laughs> I just I just lost confidence. I think I don't play as much as people probably think. I only play in the break 75s, really. But I do go to the range quite a lot. Um, but yeah, I just started spraying it and I've got, got no confidence. And yeah, that's not, not good. 
Oh. Anyway, um, forget about me. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that at all. Um, I had an adventure on Friday. Why okay. you were off gallivanting? I was. Sending your day off with your kids. So whatever I know, you're doing. spending quality time with my family. Yeah, whatever. Boring. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm glad you had a good day. Very, very well earned To be day. honest, I was quite hungover from the match on Thursday. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Well, that's, that is the problem. When you're a hardcore football fan like you are, you know, family days are great, but they are going to come with a hangover because you watched the football the night before. And obviously, I did it the way... A fan should do it. Went early. Free ticket. Got to got, the start got, from the beginning. Got to the pub. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? None of, none Bought of a scarf. No. So in the terraces, eating a pie and a, and an overly priced you know, watered you, down you, pint. You swanned in in the VIP section because your mate got you a ticket with your prawn sandwich. <laughs> I must admit, it was a very nice experience. Drinking tea. Drinking red wine. And the thing is, though, I might not say it on the actual podcast because I'm not sure if it might be illegal. No, it doesn't matter. Okay. I might have broken a law, but nothing nothing crazy, nothing to get arrested by, but just something that was uh, not the done thing, but I think it is done by everybody, but not verbally. Okay. The way of drinking all the way through the match. But anyway, we'll, we'll talk about that. Right, okay. Well, anyway, on Friday, when you were, again, gallivanting, doing whatever you're doing with your family and yeah. chilling, I went on a little trip, <clears throat> just on my own, just me <laughs> in my car, and I went <laughs> to a golf show. So, um, as you well know... Oh, like, like Orlando? No, I didn't go to Orlando. PJ. <laughs> Some of us kids to look after. Um, <laughs> Someone cares about the family, yeah. Rick. Um, so yeah, go on, you I, went down to... I went to Bunkered Live, which is a golf show in Birmingham, which I've been to once last year, and we went to Bunkered Live in Glasgow. So I think they host two a year, one in Birmingham. And I think this year it's not going to be Glasgow, it's Edinburgh, I believe. And Bunkered is a like a, a Scottish media golf publication. They have a magazine and a bit of online content and stuff like that. And they host a golf show. And it's nothing compared to the PJ show, obviously, in America, which is absolutely astronomical. I've not been, but I've heard from you and seen videos. It's, it's massive. The Bunkered one is NEC, and it's one of the kind of convention halls. And I went down just for a bit of, well, I went down to meet a couple of people, a couple of old friends and a few people I've not seen for a while. But also, I thought it's always good to, to see and to be where, and you've said this before, where golfers are, just to see what golfers are seeing, because we're very fortunate in a sense that like we get sent the latest and greatest product by all the manufacturers to review. But a lot of people don't see it, obviously, until it hits the shelves. Clearly, that's how it works. So these places like this, when they're early on in the year, are a great way for golfers, you know, golf enthusiasts, consumers to go and see the Paradigm, the Stealth 2, the Cobra Driver, blah, 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 and hit some and try them out. And to be fair, it was quite a decent event. There was every manufacturer you can think of was there, like an indoor driving range bay thing. Um, there was loads of people queuing up to, to hit products. And obviously, it was quite an excitable vibe because a lot of people, again, haven't seen these products in the flesh yet. Um, Titleist had some really cool stuff. They had, like, um, again, you could hit all the clubs, they had, like, a longest drive, foot joy, and all the shoes out. And it was quite cool. And... It was very nice. A number of people, obviously fans and followers of the channel, came up to me and said they loved the videos. A lot of love for Break 75. Brilliant. Which is good to hear. But a lot of people, again, it still surprises me, but said like, oh, I love the videos, whatever, and I got into watching Rick. I've only been playing golf a year, but I love all the videos. And it's just mad that how many people are still, I and mean, this is great, still starting to play golf and new to the game. And, and, and very, very early on, they go to YouTube, find, you know, your videos and other golf creators' videos. And that's really kind of, what sticks with them. So it's almost part of their pathway, isn't it? Well, that's it. And not, not kind of blowing our own trumpet or again, other golf creators trumpet. But if you think about it, if you started golf today and you were 25, 32, even 40, whatever age it might be, you know, you obviously you already would know who Tiger Woods is clearly, 
But you go on a journey within golf where you'll learn who different players are. You, you might learn who obviously Tommy Fleetwood is. You learn a bit of the history of the game. You do a bit, a little bit of research. You watch a bit of golf. And whatever, however kind of hardcore you want to go with that. But ultimately, you go on a kind of a journey from A to B where you start to, to become more of a golfer and increase your golf knowledge. But what's interesting with that, I think for a lot of people now, YouTube is the first port of call, whether it be for anything, whether you're starting a fitness journey, whether you want to know how to repair your car keys, you to put a new battery in it, whatever it might be, YouTube is people's first port of call. So if in reality, if you did start golf today or last year, whatever it was, like some of these guys were saying, they would find your videos and again, other creators' videos as early on as they would start to know who a Tommy Fleetwood is or even maybe, a, I don't know, Bryson or whatever is. It's quite mad that, isn't it? Yeah. I, I know for a fact, and I'm, I'm pretty sure you've been the same. When we were growing up, when I first started playing golf at pretty much 11, mm -hmm. I would have loved YouTube. Yes, absolutely. I, I would have consumed it like crazy. Because for me, it, it's what, what we did, and we spoke about this on the podcast before, it's what we did with golf magazines. Yeah. I almost had subscriptions to every golf magazine and I, and I binge them. Yeah. Like, as soon as they come, I'd, I'd like binge read them. Don't come in, mum. Don't come in, don't come in, mum. There's new probably one. I'm, like, I'm, looking at, I'm definitely looking at golf magazines. Um, but yeah, it's like, it, it's that side of like, I feel like I'd really immerse myself in that experience. And it's an exciting time for golf. And, you know, I'm really proud of golf YouTube as it's grown. And, you know, we've got like, I mean, it's over a thousand golf YouTube channels now which Madness. is beyond um, belief. Um, all doing their own little kind of niche content and every, everything is different. Like, And, you know, if you're not the biggest fan of the videos that I produce, there's other creators out there that you might be more fond of, which, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but then also, you know, there's space and there's room for all different types of content creators. Yeah. You know, whether, whether you want, you know, exciting and... and you know energetic young lads like good good or you want bob the sports that kind of brings this kind of almost humor american humor to it or whether it's our videos where we go and playing these amazing golf courses and kind of showing you the journey of playing golf um or hopefully trying to get better or re the reviews um it, it, golf is in a good spot isn't it i'd like to think so and again that's why it was so cool to be at this event there were so many people there was um Again, all the, so all the major brands were there. There was then like footwear brands. There was some clothing brands with like activations where you could have a got again out of a bunker that was obviously indoor and you could win a prize and stuff. There was obviously food available. Hot, like it was, it was quite a cool place. And, and obviously, I'm fortunate that I've been to these things kind of many a time. So no disrespect to Bunkered Live at all. I kind of went, and although I thought it was good, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't blown away by it because of just kind of what I expected it to be. And that's that's not a negative thing. That's just it, it was what I thought it would be. But again, some of the guys I was speaking to that were newer golfers, like one lad was like, it's unbelievable. He went, everywhere you turn, there's something to do and whatever. And I thought, you know what? If you imagine, again, if you are quite new to golf, you've been playing 12 months or whatever. And, and obviously also we had COVID before that thing. These things weren't happening. And, and you go to an event like that and, and you see all this in real life the first time, all these brands and all this different stuff going on. I bet it is quite overwhelming, but it was it was good. It was a good event. Um, it's always nice to, to see the people that watch the videos as well. We're very fortunate. We obviously with Rick's Break 75 and the whole channel in general, there's thankfully so many subscribers, so many viewers and with the podcast as well. But you, you do unfortunately just see them as a number, don't you? You see a number on a screen and like, you know, um, that um, Rick 75 at Isleworth had 500,000 views. Great. But that's like obviously five hundred not thousand people. It's, it's Old Trafford sold out eight times over or whatever. Well, I I took uh, Sam, uh, our kind of production manager, and to the match, and we we're looking, and again, this this 
it was 78,000 um, fans in Old Trafford. In fact, Matt was there. Podcast Matt went. Podcast Matt. Because now he's a massive United fan. Yeah. And Harry was there. Oh, it's a big, four of us. big United team, this, isn't it? Um, and you look in there and you think, this is packed, 78,000 people in here. I like to say, what, six, seven times the amount of people have already watched Iowa. It's insane. Very, very, very lucky, very fortunate. And we've got some great fans. Speaking of fans, I did actually ask on Facebook this morning for questions for the podcast. And there's good and there's bad news, Rick, unfortunately. So the bad news is I don't think we're going to get time to do them today because we need to actually go. We've got something on. We've got a very important meeting shortly. Uh, however, we are, this next week's podcast will be out on Tuesday, as always. But we are going to record it Friday, aren't we? It's in the yeah. diaries, recording it for a little bit early. The downs, the good news and bad news, the good news is that means there'll be a podcast out next Tuesday. So people, don't worry, you're not going to miss your podcast. We have to do it on, on um, Friday because I'm off on Monday and different things going on. The potential downside of the Friday podcast is we might miss what happens at the weekend. So if something cool happens, we'll miss it. But the bonus is we've got loads of cool questions from the Facebook groups. We are going to dive through a load of those. Give us, give us three quickly. Three quickly. What's your favourite cheese from Luke Waldron? You asked for three, that's your one. To be honest, it's a mixture between <laughs> cheddar and brie. Cheddar and brie. Uh, Miles McGinty, McGinty says, does guys delete your steak well done? Yes, I do. I have my steak well done. That's how I like my steak. And if you don't like how I like my steak, I don't care. Leave a comment down below <laughs> kicking off and slagging me off. I don't care. It's how I like my steak. Um... Rick Shields, question for you. Uh, Andy Buckley-Taylor, my youngest son is left-handed and interested in taking up golf. Why do shops have so little in for lefties? It's just the demand. It's only for kids as well. It's tough. It's really, you know, it, it doesn't, it's not an excuse. It's just quite literally demand. Yeah. There's actually at Silvermere Golf Club down in Surrey, there's a really oh, good yeah. left-handed shop. But again, trying to find left-handed for juniors and ladies is even harder. Uh, Dan Bott, is Rick can do a what's in the bag video? We did discuss this, but you've told me that things might be changing. Things are going to be changing. Wow. I'm not happy with what's in my bag right now, so I need to change. And then a big one, maybe to leave on, Rick. Are you, I've got a good... Ollie. Ollie, what... Uh, that's literally the one I have. Wilkie. About. Yes. Yeah, like you, you you go with that. Right, Ollie's Huge asked, news. So set it up, set it up, set it up. When is the review channel going live with oh, content? Wow. Well, that's very interesting you asked that question, Ollie, because... Um, you might hear a rumbling of noises going on in the background of this podcast very faintly if you really listen. And that is a rumbling of a new pod, a new <laughs> review studio having its final touches manicured, oh, wow. sprinkled in. A little bit of salt. The review channel, Ooh, yeah, I've, I've seen people say, Punch the desk again. I've Punch seen it. people say the review channel's dead. Yeah, I reckon if you do one more hard, like you could break the desk. I've heard people say the review <laughs> channel is oh wow dead and that it's it was a non-starter well we'll have you know we might have just announced it a little bit too quickly <laughs> <laughs> no the review um, channel basically is we, we 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 had this idea of the review channel me and guy are excited puppies sometimes and we and we kind of went yeah the review channel let's just do it let's do it tell everyone and then we kind of launched this channel and then was like oh yeah um, maybe it's not going to be quite as quick as we expected. So the review channel is coming soon. We're recruiting a brand new equipment editor for it as well. And on that channel, you are going to see weekly reviews, multiple equipment reviews every single week from irons, wedges, balls, putters, drivers, everything. Beers, Friday beer Beers, review. everything. <laughs> and the studio is looking 
phenomenal. The first video that's going to be launched on that channel is a brand new studio tour. I think that's going to be main channel. Oh, was it? I thought so. All right. Well, then the first video you'll see on the review channel will be a, will be a review. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Well, that's a conversation. I, I was thinking, yeah, because the, the big channel, the main channel, we want to show everyone what we've got, what you're working with. I'll tell you what, then. Last thing, it's currently on 47,900 subscribers. Wow. Let's get it to 50,000 before next podcast. Well, that'd be incredible. That would be lovely. Yeah, but... It's we, coming. We do sometimes, and we are in this tongue-in-cheek. We, we we big our things up, and we get excited about stuff, and we, we talk about... We talk a good game. But honest to God now, this new studio, which is 80% done, maybe even a little bit more, it's like nothing you've probably ever seen before. Nothing I've ever seen before, and I'm lucky enough to have seen some amazing things in, in the world of golf. It's going to be great. And if you like club reviews... There's going to be a lot more club reviews coming. If you want to see Rick get better at golf, you're also in for a treat because he's going to be a lot more golf balls. If you love me seeing, love seeing me shoot high 80s, then I'm really sorry. It might only happen twice a year from moving forward. I'm, it might still happen. Uh, yeah. That's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, thanks for watching, listening. Be sure to like, subscribe, check out all of the other podcasts if you've not listened to them already. Big video out Friday, Bay Hill. There's a video out yesterday, seven ways to get better at golf without even practicing. Can I have one more before this video ends? I want to give one little final thought of wisdom for the next, for people this week now. They're finishing the run, they're finishing in the car, they're putting the baby to bed, they're doing whatever, washing up, and they think, right, that was a good podcast. It's, it's over now, annoyingly. There's only 40 seconds left. I can see the timer going down. Without Googling it, give me a give me a really good piece of wisdom that people can go to, to bed on. Okay. Well, quick one. Come on. Um, sorry. One, one sec. One sec. Just think, he's not Googling it. If you're listening to this podcast, don't worry, Ricky's not Googling. He's just thinking. He's using his huge brain to think. <laughs> I've got a really good quote, but I need to Google it. Um, oh, God, where is it? Sorry, one second. Can Sorry, I do second. mine? No, 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 no. Right, it's, it's, coming, it's, coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Any minute. <laughs> it's coming, it's coming. Don't keep okay, saying that. I like this one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't keep saying that. <laughs> right. Um, do, you, do you ever hear a shark complain? No. No. <laughs> because they're up early, biting stuff, chasing <laughs> being scary, and reminding everyone they're a Shark. <laughs> oh my god! I've always liked that quote. Yeah, I thought something a little bit more like um, comparison is a thief of joy. But we'll see you next week, works. everyone. <laughs>